Please turn your Bibles to 1 John chapter 5. 1 John chapter 5. We finally got to verses 4 and 5. Hallelujah and praise the Lord. <laughs> I've been waiting to get to these verses. There's a couple of more verses I like. I'm, I'm, I'm waiting to get to following these. Are verses 14 and 15 that deal with prayer and God's perfect will. And they're just dynamite as well. Uh, but we got to these two verses. I was, I've been alluding to them all the way through this series. So we're finally here. And not in a hurry to get through them. Sorry. Okay. <laughs> well, am I really? No, I don't want to apologize. All right. So let's begin by reading in 1 John chapter 5, verse 4. The Apostle John writes here again, and he says, For whatever or whatsoever in the King James, because, okay, I, I've memorized this in King James. It says, For whatsoever is born of God overcomes the world. That was the first thing that he says. He's going to say this over and over again, but I want you to get the revelation that whatever whosoever, okay, or whatsoever is born of God, overcomes the world. You are one of those whatsoevers. Amen. If you're right there watching me, just say, I'm a whatsoever, okay? This is a good whatsoever. All right, so <laughs> whatever is born of God overcomes the world. This is not something that is going to happen. This is something, as far as God is concerned, is a fact now, okay? And, and you watch, he says, this is a victory that has overcome the world. Do you see the past tense? He says, this is a victory that has overcome the world, even our faith. So he says, if you're born of God, you're a world overcomer. You're, if you've got faith, you're a world overcomer. There's one more. <laughs> Verse 5, he says, who is he who overcomes the world, but he who believes that Jesus is the Son of God? And so he says, this all begins with that. It all begins with you believing that Jesus is the Son of God. Without that, you can't be born again. Amen. Okay. Not born of God, okay? And there's no faith to exercise to overcome the world. Because your faith is in God. And like I said, over time, it becomes a faith of God as well. But it begins with faith in God, amen? And you can't, ha it, you know, all we do is believe and receive something that has already happened. We are not trying to make it happen. And that's the revelation that I want to get to you today. This isn't something that you are trying to make happen. This is a reality that is already there that you haven't, exper that, that you haven't enjoyed. Put it that way. Okay, not experienced, maybe not have experienced, okay? But you, we haven't enjoyed it yet. It's there, it's got our name on it, but we haven't stepped into it yet. And because we don't know. You know, the Bible says, my people are destroyed for a lack of knowledge. Amen. And can I just say this? Can I add something to that? It isn't just knowledge, it is revelation knowledge. You know, you can have knowledge in your head and it's not revealed to you and it doesn't have the power to do what it's meant to do. Amen. Amen. Okay. All right. So let, let's move on. <clears throat> I said this before now. I'm going to try and very quickly go through a mini review so we're all up to speed. Let me see if I can do that. I, I just, I, I'm going to have trouble. I'm sorry, I'm, I'm just letting you know now, <laughs> okay? Um, first of all, I've said that this is what made the Apostle John unconquerable. And he didn't only know this, he lived it. That's the difference, amen? It wasn't something in his head, it was something in his heart, it was real. Praise the Lord. And then we need to get to that place. And I've said here again, he shares his wisdom with us so that we too can follow his example and live this same extraordinary life that he did. Now, what we have already looked at is uh, the... Apostle John's view of the world, okay, how he defines the world. I don't want to go into all that because we've gone into that before, but can I just say this, you know, uh, just very briefly. It is the world that Jesus died for. 
it is a world that is also uh, against the body of Christ to a degree in what it believes, in the way it runs everything. And there is an element within it as well that the Apostle John identified as the children of the devil, literally, antichrists, remember all of that, and uh, false prophets. And he said that those are those that literally hate the body. And remember we looked at John chapter 15, verses 18 and 19, where Jesus himself said, if the world hates you, you know that it hated me before it hated you. And he says in verse 19, he says, if you were of the world, the world would love its own. Yet because you are not of the world, but I chose you out of the world, therefore the world hates you. So I'm sorry, but that's the, that, that's the truth. <laughs> okay? You've been taken out of a system that wanted to keep you captive. And because of that, that system, everything within that system is opposed to you. Because you're out. Hallelujah. Amen? In fact, uh, we went on to look at 1 John chapter 2, verses 15, 16, and 17, where the apostle John wrote and said, Do not love the world, remember, or the things in the world, because he's talking about this kind of world. He isn't talking about the world. Can I just say this for, let me just take a moment here. He isn't talking about all the beautiful flowers. <laughs> okay, and all, the, all the, the wonder of God that is around you. He isn't talking about that. It is a system that has been leveled against mankind. And there are people, we all know this, you know, we don't say it, but we all know it, that are just robbing people blind, <laughs> okay? There are institutions that are just, it's criminal what they're doing. I'm just going to say that and stop there, okay, <laughs> without going any further. And that's the world that he's saying, don't get attached to that. Because what, whatever it promises you, what it takes out uh, uh, compared to what it gives you is a lot more. You know, God's the other way. You give him a little bit and he gives you a hundred times more. You, you give the world whatever you give it and it will, at the end, leave you with nothing. Isn't it funny? We, you know, we can see all of that. I don't have time to go into all that. <clears throat> but it's, it's empty riches. All right. And so this is why the Apostle John said, Do not love the world, the things of the world. If anyone loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him. We, I don't want to preach this because I've done this before. He said in verse 16, For all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, the pride of life is not of the Father, but is of the world. And he says, and the world is passing away. Isn't that interesting? He said, as much as you love it, as much as it tries to get a hold of you, it is passing away. Its time is limited. And he says, uh, and the lust of it, but he who does the will of God abides forever. I want to read you one quote before we get to where we need to get to. And that is what William McDonald said, which I thought was just tremendous. He said, the world system is a monstrous scheme of temptation, always trying to drag us away from God, from what is eternal, and seeking to occupy us with what is temporal and sensual. It is after us constantly, in every way and form. And he says, people of the world are completely taken up with the things of time and sense. They have become the victims of passing things. We talked about all this before, but I think that is really key to what the Apostle John is talking about because in view of all of that, he then declares whatever is born of God overcomes all of that. <laughs> okay? You know, one of the things in movies is that in order for the, the, the hero to be really amazing, you have to have an, a really amazing villain. Villain, that's the one. Okay? Because if it's a little villain, then that's all the, the good guy has to overcome. And, you know, in a sense, we need to acknowledge that the system that is against us is monstrous. It is huge. 
it is taking down people by the millions every single day. And we are to stand against it. Now, I don't want you to look at that and go, oh, dear God, there's no way. <laughs> okay? No, that's not the whole point of this. The whole point is you need to understand, and we looked at this last time as well, that there is a greater one in you than the, what's in the world, driving all those systems. And that was First John 4.4. 4. And that's why the Apostle John, but not only says, greater is he that is in you than he that's in the world. Now he says, whatever is born of God overcomes the world. Not just the people in it, but the whole world itself. This monstrous system. And if you understand how huge that system is, then you begin to understand how huge God in you is. Did you get that? So we're coming there today. Which is the reason why I left you last week with John MacArthur's commentary, the word for overcomer results from a Greek word meaning to conquer, to have victory. Okay, over this monstrous system. Are you with me? All right. To have superiority or conquering power. The word reflects a genuine superiority that leads to overwhelming success. Oh, I want to camp there for a minute. Hallelujah. He didn't say a little bit of success. You just got there by a nose. <laughs> I know that because my dad used to watch the races, you know, the horses and everything. And we used to sit in the car waiting for him to come back. Anyway, so <laughs> did I say that? I have to cut that out now. But <laughs> he doesn't do any of that stuff anymore. My goodness, he's so far from that. It's, it's, it's ridiculous. You know, God just did a miracle in his life. And, but we are, <laughs> you know, we are not one of those people that, you know, we just made it across the line. Do you understand the overwhelming success? You know, you guys, your kids go to soccer. Overwhelming success is, you know, they beat them like 50 to nothing. You, you know, was there even another team on the field? We, you know, that's an overwhelming success. You know, when it's 21, 20, that ain't overwhelming. Hmm? But when it's something like, you know, 40 and nothing, well, that's pretty overwhelming. You just think, why did they even turn up? And that's the attitude that we need to have with the devil when he comes and he says, this is the monstrosity I'm coming up against you with. You say, well, take a look at the monstrosity inside of me. It's bigger than you. Only if we let it. We have to stop cowering because it's ridiculous the way that looks to God. Because <laughs> God's saying, I'm in you. you go, I know, but look at that. No, no, I'm in you. Yeah, I know, but you know, see, this is the problem that we have. We got too familiar with God. And instead of God getting bigger, God became smaller and smaller and smaller. And he's now pocket size. You can carry my. <laughs> Man, you're missing the whole thing here. You're missing the fact that the, the creator of the universe decided to call you. This is why 1 John 3, verse 2, I think it was, it says, Behold, what manner of love the Father has bestowed us. Uh, that's verse 1, uh, that we should be called the sons of God. And then verse 2, he says, we are the sons of God. Now, right now, hallelujah. Because it was such a huge revelation, he understood that he was the Creator's child. That the Creator now lives in us, greater is he that is in us. And now he's saying, do you understand, because of all of this, you can overcome the whole world. Do you get that for God, it's no trouble to overcome the world? Follow me now, follow me now, okay. See, we look at us and go, oh, I can't do that. Yeah, yeah, forget about you. Look beyond. Look to who is in you. Look to the temple of the Holy Ghost that you are, that you house the Spirit of God who is God, 
and all of that power is residing in you, it's this, it's almost like this nuclear thing that's waiting to go off somewhere. You know, you should have fallout wherever you go. <laughs> Amen? Instead of getting people sick, they should be getting healed. That happened with Peter. Everybody around, you know, around his shadow, distance of his shadow were getting healed. He had nuclear fallout, but it was in a good way. Amen. <laughs> Amen. And they were all getting healed. Praise the Lord. He didn't have to do anything. You're just being there. That's why, you know, that's why it says just lay hands on the sick and they'll recover because we are meant to be walking in a kind of presence of God that even being in our vicinity will get you healed, let alone us touch you. And we will get there as long as somebody tells us that we need to get there. I'm telling you, we need to get there. Everybody say amen. And you say, I will get there in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. This is not for the other guy. This is for you. Because God is coming back for a glorious fivefold ministry. No. <laughs> People always think that. It's a glorious fivefold. No, brother, it's you. Can you come and pray for my dog? You can pray. You are the glorious church. Amen. Because God lives in you. All of us are the temple of the Holy Ghost. Amen. <laughs> okay, so I'll come and pray for your dog or whatever. Okay, I'm just saying to you that you need to realize that the same power that resides in me resides in you. And it only, this will only work as we start to use it, as we start to believe. Amen? Amen. Okay, so where was I? <clears throat> the word, again, reflects genuine superiority that leads to overwhelming success. The victory is demonstrable. It involves overthrowing an enemy so that the victory is seen by all. This isn't something that goes unnoticed. <laughs> Amen. I, you know, that's why even the Apostle Paul said in Romans chapter 8, verse 37, what did he say? Yet in all of these things, this is Romans 8, 37, he said, yet in all these things, we are more than conquerors. And I really love that he went on to say, through him who loved us. You know, I used to always kind of have that as a throwaway. And then I realized that's the, that's the connection. Behold what manner of love. Hallelujah. That the Father has bestowed upon us. That we should be called the children of God. That's where it comes from. We are more than conquerors through him that loved us. Because he loved us. We can walk in this overwhelming victory. This power that is demonstrable. This place where the devil has literally no defense. Do you know the only thing that he could do was try to talk us all out of it? Amen. And he did a really good job. He used all the preachers to do it. Is it? <laughs> I mean, you got to give him marks for that, man. I mean, use the people that are meant. He did this with the Jews too, didn't he? The men who are meant to know better, who are meant to be preaching the victory... Got them preaching defeat. Wrongly dividing the word. And then, when people tried to believe for things, because the word was wrongly divided, God was under no obligation to back it up. He can't, because he's going against his will. Amen. So we had a real problem, and the body lost all of its power. And then we said, well, it went away with the, with the apostles. You know, it kind of passed away somewhere you know, we don't know what date it exactly was. But we kind of forgot that Jesus said, and these signs will follow those who believe. And these signs will follow, not the fivefold ministry. He said, these signs, I really love that he says, will follow 
those who believe. All things are possible to those who believe. Amen? That's what causes us to become more than conquerors, overcomers in this life. World overcomers. Amen? And this is, you know, <laughs> I really love Colossians chapter 2 verse 15. It brings this out so well. Colossians 2 15, where it says, having disarmed principalities and powers. This is all the power of hell, by the way, okay? This is when Jesus died on the cross and went down to hell and paid the price for three days and three nights. This is not Jesus on the cross. I don't know why people get stuck on the cross with him. You know, they say, well, that was overwhelming victory because it talks about that just before it, but they don't follow the progression. They don't follow it. They kind of get stuck there and say, well, see, it was talking about the cross, so it's got to be the cross. No, you missed it. You missed it because it looked like a defeat. Nobody was happy the day he died. You didn't see the <laughs> disciples having a party. Woohoo! Jesus died. Yeah, man. That's our Messiah. Woohoo! No, they all scattered. Had to go find Peter and bring him back. You know, don't think we're that dumb, okay? <laughs> you know, don't sell us that one. Yeah, it, obviously not. Obviously it was a place of defeat. It was a place a price was being paid. One of two prices. Because a second price needed to be paid. Remember, see, oh dear Lord. Let, let me just go down this track just for a second, okay? You know, when you go back into the Old Testament, they used to have two goats. Not one, two goats. One would be sacrificed for the sins of the people. The other one would be sent off into the wilderness. Do you know what that signified? That not only would, the, would Jesus die, but then he'd have to go to hell. You know, the God in the, in the wilderness, well, that was not a happy place. That wilderness represented hell. And the price that Jesus would have to pay in hell for the sin of all mankind. Amen. So even in the Old Testament, it foretold that two prices need to be paid. Two goats. Amen. And that's the reason why we know that Jesus said, just as you know, the son, uh, Jonah was in the uh, belly of the whale three days and three nights, so shall the Son of Man be. Okay, so he went down there. Everybody thinks he was in paradise. He wasn't. He was paying a price. Oh, he got to paradise after the price. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you know, when God spoke down from heaven. And said, this is my beloved son. And I mean, the thing started happening. I don't know whether he actually said that. This is in the book of Hebrews, chapter 1. is actually what happened when God spoke into hell and resurrected Jesus. Hallelujah. And for the first time ever in hell, the sun shone. Remember? Jesus on the mountaintop. Amen. The sun in, in all of its strength. That's what he looked like. In hell. Can you imagine a place that's not used to that? And there he was, praise the Lord. He paid the price. He came out. They saw, okay, he was more than a conqueror. And that's what this verse is referring to when it says, having disarmed principalities and powers, he, that is Jesus Christ, made a public spectacle of them. This is in hell, okay, triumphing over them in it. I can just see David. Yeah, get him, Jesus! You know David, right? The, the king, the warrior. He was also a priest. He took off all of his kingly garments and danced before the Lord. Boy, this guy was not quiet. I could just say, there's one Jesus. He's trying to get away. Quick, get him. <laughs> <You know? laughs> and the demon's going, oh, shut up. <laughs> <You know? laughs> Praise God. I can just, I'm just using my sanctified imagination here. But I just reckon he just, it was something. Boy, if we saw, we, uh, there would be jaws dropped open going, really? 
That's the Lamb of God? Yeah, that's the line of Judah. Amen. Picking his teeth, going, yeah. Any more demons left? (laughs) (laughs) So I said, and all this, again, is available to anyone who is born of God. And why Simon J. Kissimak in his commentary says that all who have their spiritual birth in God have overcome the world and therefore can claim victory already. Did you hear that? Can claim victory already. Okay, he says, they know that Jesus said, take heart. I have overcome the world, John 16, verse 33. Because Jesus has been victorious, we too are victorious with him. Jesus has overcome the evil one in this world and has set people free from the power of Satan. This is Colossians 1.13. Remember that? Where he says, who has delivered us from the power of darkness, translated us into the kingdom of his uh, dear son. All right, so, and he says, the battle, I really like this. Listen, he says, the battle thus, excuse me, the battle has thus been decided. Underline the word decided. Okay? It's been decided. You're the victor, okay? Even if it is not yet over. It's a fixed fight. (laughs) Okay? Going in, God says, okay, so here comes the champion. He goes, wait, we haven't fought yet. No, no, here comes the champion. If they get in that ring and you're stupid enough to get in, they're going to win. Did you get that? God has already said you're a winner. He has already, fi- you know, as far, the, I told you before, it's fixed. The sad thing is we get in the ring, we freak out and jump back out. Stay in the ring, throw a punch, see what happens. <laughs> Amen. Stop freaking out and running. That's why he says, fear not. I am with you. Do not be dismayed. I am your God. I will help you as long as you do something. I added that last bit in, <laughs> okay, <laughs> just so you get it. <laughs> Let's move on. And that's why again the Apostle John says, 1 John 5, 4, whatever is born of God overcomes the world. Are you getting this? This is the victory that overcomes the world, even our faith. We can't do it without faith either, family. Notice the place of faith in all of this. With the Spirit-filled Bible saying, it is our faith that brings victory over the world, providing us with a spiritual weapon by which we can combat both the temptations and the persecutions of a godless society. But that's not all. This isn't just talking about that. Uh, Because in Mark chapter 11, yes, we're going there. You know I had to go there, right? (laughs) Okay. Mark chapter 11, we didn't didn't get all the way through it, so we'll have to stop at verse 23. Following the incident with the fig tree, remember Jesus cursed it. Okay, he says, let no man eat fruit of you here ever again, okay, or hereafter. And then verse 20. It says, and in the morning, as they passed by, they saw the fig tree dried up from the roots. I want you to think about all of this in terms of you being a world overcomer and that it requires faith. Do you understand? Okay, all right. Please keep that in mind as we go through this. And Peter, calling to remembrance, saith unto him, Master, behold, the fig tree which you curse is withered away. And Jesus answering said to them, isn't that that amazing? Aren't you glad? No, it's not that. Aren't you glad you're following me? I'm the man. Don't ever think about strength. Let's move on. (laughs) Okay? See, he didn't do any of those things. Could have, but didn't. Because he was just wowing over, look what you did. Look what you did. The fig tree you cursed has withered away. Do you get this? Okay? 
Isn't it amazing how Jesus then turns and says, have faith in God. <laughs> and what they heard was not only have faith in God, but have the faith of God. They heard two things. We only read one thing, and then we have a footnote. Okay, if you've got a Bible, it'll have a footnote there to say, you know, also the faith of God. But they heard both. They heard having, they understood having faith of, having faith in God was to have the faith of God. Because God is a faith God. Amen. By faith, the worlds were framed. Do you know what I'm trying to say? Okay, God did all of this by faith. So, and then he goes on to explain something. He says, verily I say unto you, he says, truly, because you're not going to believe this. While I've got your attention, <laughs> okay, because he had their attention. Good time to teach them something. They are, they're open, okay, right now. And he says, verily I say unto you, that whosoever shall say, and I, really, I really want you to focus now. He says, whosoever shall say unto this mountain. What, what mountain do you have in your life right now? Where is your mountain? So he's saying one thing you have to do is you need to speak to it, not about it. You need to speak to it, not about it. Let me say that again. You need to speak to it, not about it. <clears throat> okay? I, I remember a, a preacher saying, people come up and sort of say to him, could you pray for me over this thing? And he's, he's one question, he said, I only asked him one question. He says, what scripture are you setting on? Because he's, he's happy to agree with wherever they are and then go from there. And he said, nine times out of ten, they go, well, not, not, nothing in particular. He was a little uncouth, you know, so... He sort of said, well, you're going to get nothing in particular. <laughs> that's, that's not nice. You shouldn't say that. But anyway, uh, we wouldn't do that today. But, you know, them old-time preachers, you know, they were kind of rough as guts. And, and they got the results too. You've got to admit that. But, you know, th but that's the thing. See, we, we talk about our mountains, and, but we never talk to them. We have not understood that we are world overcomers, and one of the things that God has done is for us to overcome the world, we need to speak. Did you get that? If you don't say something, there's nothing to back you up. There's nothing for an angel to do. He sits there with his wings folded, and he's going, I'm sitting here, I've been sitting here for years. Got rust on my wings, <laughs> so to speak. Not that they do, okay? But he said, tell me to do something, please. Are you all with me? And he, I want you to notice, he says, whosoever shall say, oops, okay, whosoever shall say unto this mountain. Now watch this. Now he's going to tell us what to say. First thing, be thou removed. In other words, you need to uproot the thing. I've talked to you about this before, but let's go over it really quickly. The first thing you need to do is uproot the thing. It can't stay rooted. Notice he says, be thou removed. He hasn't told it where to go yet. He said, be thou removed. The first thing you need to do is remove things from your life. If there's something persisting in your life that shouldn't be there, that's attacking you, you first thing you need to do is say, be thou removed. And stay at it until the thing is removed. Did you get that? Okay. And the next thing, once it's removed, you need to tell it where to go because it's going to hang around. Amen. And then he says, be thou cast into the sea, which is, which is another way of saying, get out of my sight. Go somewhere that I will not see you ever again. And nobody can point to you and say, oh, yeah, remember that mountain in your life. Okay. Have you noticed you can't see a, a mountain that's under the ocean? It's gone. So first thing, uproot. Second thing, get it out of sight. So nobody can point at it. Okay. That was not why, I, this is the next part is what's important. And, but that was important too, <laughs> okay, for those that need it. And then he says, and shall not doubt in his heart, but shall believe. Now watch this, shall believe 
that those things which he says shall come to pass. Well, brother, I'm not going to believe it till I see it. Well, you, you, you know, you're stupid. Uh, what? Yeah, I want to get your attention right now. Okay. <laughs> Listen, you only need to believe while you can't see. Okay, let me say it again. <laughs> you only need to believe when you can't see the thing. Once you see, remember when Thomas said, until I, you know, put my finger in his holes in the hand, whatever. Okay, I can't remember the scripture right now. I'm somewhere else. Okay, but he says, until I do all of that stuff, I refuse to, I will not believe. Dude, once you do that stuff, you don't need to believe. Now you know it's there. Forget about believing that's come and gone. You only need to believe what you can't see. I need to say all of that to, for you to understand what Jesus is saying. He's saying you need to believe and speak if you ever want to see the thing. Did you get that? Okay. So he says here, he says, but shall believe that those things which he says shall come to pass, he or she shall have. Shall have. There is no question. He says, shall have whatever he says. Now, you know, if we were reading this in the Greek, and I didn't really take time to do this, but there is a, a sense that tells us that there are some things that are continuous. And we need, we need to, we don't have that in the English, okay, that, you know, even get, being saved is a continuous act. Do you know that you're constantly being saved? I don't know if you realize this or not, but that is something that constantly happens within you. That there is a salvation that, you know, that's why it talks about the refreshing of the Spirit and all that. It's a constant thing. It constantly goes through your system, basically. And it's always revitalizing and rejuvenating and just constantly working. It doesn't sit there and kind of rust and disappear. It, it's, it's working. You know, everything about God is always working. Do you all know that? It's never still. That's why the Proverbs talks about the ant and being lazy and all that stuff. Because everything about God is moving. It's in motion. And this thing is inside of you and it's in motion constantly. And understand something, when we are believing and speaking, it's something that is in motion constantly. We don't just say it for a little while and then stop. Because the thing that is attacking us is attacking us 24 hours a day. Are you all with me? So our confession, our believing needs to be 24 hours a day, so to speak. You say, well, I can't do that. I'm not asking you to do that, but start. Are you all with me? Amen. You know, we have learned how to use our brain, but we have not learned how to use our heart. We think that's just a little fleshy organ. That, dear God, it falls in love with something, and then it's just all crazy, and just makes us act, behave dumb, and do crazy things, and then we have to come to our senses. You know, that that thing has designed to go beyond your intellect. Even if your brain says, there's no way, and your heart says, no, I'll get there. Some way, somehow, I'll get there. That's your heart talking. That's not your brain. You're with me? And you believe beyond what you... People used to tell me, you can't do this, you can't do that, and I proved them all wrong. <laughs> so, you know, because my heart was bigger than my head. And all of the things they said. And just to prove them wrong. <laughs> you know? And things changed. Things in me changed. To accommodate that. Are you all with me? Listen, that's the power behind this. God made you in his image and his likeness. And then he brought you into his family because of the fall. 
Listen to me. So you went from being someone that God created to someone that is a part of his family that he has his DNA now running in your veins. And why the Apostle John was going, wow, this is incredible. What manner of love is this that I should be called, become and be a part of God's family? That I'm one of his. Amen? We're going to have to, to leave this here today because I've run out of time and this is where we left it off in the other, uh, the other session so we can't go beyond it. But let me just leave you with what I left them with. Does that make sense? Is that a good sentence? Okay. Which is verse 24. And we'll come back and look at that because he says, now, understanding what I've just said to you, understanding how you need to speak to things and you need to believe in order for them to come to pass, he says, therefore, I say unto you, Mark eleven twenty four, what things soever you desire, when you pray, believe that you receive them and you shall have them. Hallelujah. There was not a question there. Amen. He says, do you understand what I've just told you? He says, therefore. You know, I think uh, one, one of the famous old-time preachers said, if you ever see it, therefore, go see what it's there for. Okay, now we know what it's there for. He's, <laughs> he's saying, I've told you something. Therefore, he's saying, when you are praying, this is how it works. Listen again. He says, what things soever you desire. I'm reading from the King James. When you pray, hope, no, <laughs> he said, believe. When you walk away, don't go, well, I hope so. Well, you didn't believe then, did you? Do you hear me? He said, when you pray, believe. Believe that you receive them. Believe that you receive them. But I, I won't believe until I see. No, 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 no. You can't. Once you see it, it's, it's over. Believe that you receive them. Then you will see it. And you will have it. Amen? He says, and you shall. No question about it. Jesus is saying this now. He said, you shall. There was no question. He said, you shall. So our, our thing now is we need to start thinking like world overcomers. We need to get out of wherever we've been and say, okay, God, I get it. I, I'm beginning to understand something now. I'm beginning to understand what it means to be your child. I'm beginning to understand what it means to be in the world but not of the world. I'm beginning to understand when it says, who shall believe the, 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 the report of the Lord? Huh? Who's going to believe the, the world and who's going to believe God? I'm beginning to believe that. I'm beginning to realize what all that is talking about. That we are in a system that is constantly pulling away at us. And we need to fight against this and we need to start speaking. And every time we open our mouth, what do we want to say? Whatever you want. That's what you're saying. Amen? And if we can begin to start doing that in our life. Can you imagine where you'll be three weeks, six months, a year from now? Can you, can you imagine where your heart will be six months from now? We need to do some heart push-ups. You know what I'm trying to say? Right now, we can't do one. Well, I'm just being nice, okay? <laughs> All right? <laughs> it's a little trying to do it. It's a... I wonder why nothing is working. Yeah, I wonder too. No, <laughs> okay? We need to do something. It's going to be a little hard to begin with because things are going to attack us, but we need to continue to do what Jesus said. And we need to exercise our faith and we need to have the mentality that we walk by faith, not by sight. I don't care what's coming at me. I will walk by faith, not by sight. 
and just keep at it and at it and at it. And I don't care. Even if it doesn't work for the thing that you need right now, for the next thing that comes along, it'll be there. Amen? Please don't let it discourage you from where you are right now and maybe something that you hope that you would you know, receive a miracle over right now didn't take place, so you just abandon it all. Don't do that. All that lets us know is we're not there yet, but we need to get there. Amen? And I have to leave it there. Let's have every head bowed, every eye closed. I won't stop otherwise. Thank you, Lord. Well, Father, we thank you today for your word. We thank you, Father, for all the encouragement that you've given us.